Oh shit. Here we go again. What's up everybody? We're back. Um it's been kind of a crazy week over here in Breakfast Ball Land. Uh today it's gonna be just me and the hot dog king um talking a little bit about this past week, a little golf trip as uh, Vince came up from Texas and um, we had a lot of golf being played here. And actually, Dougie is uh, traveling. It's his birthday. So he's traveling to Florida right now. He's in a car as we speak. It's kind of been a crazy week. We haven't all been able to get on the same page schedule wise and we didn't get our picks and stuff in, but I think that's okay. So I'll just give a kind of a quick recap of um, what's going on in golf right now. Uh, you got the 3M championship in Minnesota. Um, you, I mean, the big story there right now is you have two really young studs who, um, are a shot off the lead. Um, last I checked, I mean, it just, it just went off the air about I don't know, 10 minutes ago. Um, Matthew Wolf shot 62 today to get in the mix and Kyle Morikawa, who's played solid all week, um, is also in the mix. So tomorrow's going to be a really interesting Sunday with guys like, you know, DeChambeau and, and these two young guns and, um, a couple of other, uh, um, you know, decent players kind of in the mix um, at the 3M. And then across the pond, you have uh, the um, Irish Open, which is being played at a sick golf course called La Hinch. Um, and if anybody's been able to get up and, and kind of grab their breakfast and sit down in front of the TV and watch, it's been really awesome. Uh, Robert Rock, who I feel like Robert Rock like crops up like once every five years and does something crazy, but um, he shot 60 today to get into the lead. And uh, even though that field's not super strong over there, it, you should definitely flip it on and check it out because the golf is kind of incredible. So it should be a good finish there tomorrow and at the 3M as well. But, um, yeah, Vince is here in the Northeast. Um, we were playing some golf. So, yeah, Vince, um, yeah, what, what, did you, uh, what did you think of some of the, the golf courses we played? You want to start with, um, you want to start with my home course? What did you think of Medford Lake since I play there all the time? Yeah, I think I think that's a good place to start. Um, I like Medford. I, it fits into my skill set a little bit better than some of the other courses we got to play this week. Um, you know, it's a little shorter, a little straighter, slower greens. I'm not saying it's easier, but I'm just saying that I find my lines out there really, really easily. And, um, you know, I went out shot 80, 80, 84, I guess. I wouldn't say the second round was very good, but um, the potential to go low is out there. I think it's just a really enjoyable round, especially for, you know, walking with a push cart 24-7. Mm-hmm. I think I'm starting to love that kind of golf again. Yeah, for sure. I think um, it was cool. It was cool to have you out there because I feel like when you the last time that we played there, because I, I wasn't a member there um, last year. So we hadn't played there in a little while, but I think the last time that we played there, it was like really, it was like really, really soggy, and um, it, it doesn't really play all that great when it's soggy, which is kind of how it's it's been recently. Luckily, the day last weekend when we played, um, we got two days where it wasn't too bad. It had, it had started to dry out a little bit, because that's when I think it gets really interesting. But um, yeah, I think the comment that you made about the lines, I mean, it's an old golf course. It's very traditional. It's tree-lined probably too tree lined to be totally honest, but think um, it's all right in front of you, but it has kind of an interesting um, closing stretch for our little match that we had going on. Like, you know, uh, for the listeners out there, we played a match against two of my buddies last weekend in what we called uh, uh, the practice round of the Scalici open. And um, it's got a really good finishing stretch for a little match because you have like these, you have a par three and then two short par fours and then a short ish par five. Um, so there's like chances for birdies to start kind of like ripping off at the end. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's, it's, it's definitely a golf course that kind of like suits your game. I know I was worried about you coming in and, and playing pretty good. And I was like, man, if Vince hits it even a little straight here, he'll, he'll be in good shape because you can get wedges, you know, in a lot of cases without really hitting it too far. So yeah. Um, but then I think, you know, I don't want to talk too much about Medford because I feel like I, I talk about enough on the pod anyway, but yeah, I think it comes um, up naturally all the time. It's like, yeah, it comes there, up there's naturally a shot the out, there's a shot you play and then you're like, oh, that's the same shot I hit in Medford. 
<laughs> so yeah, it's, it's pretty gonna, much. It's pretty, gonna happen. Yeah. Did you did you have like a, a shot of the of the day while you were out there on uh, Saturday or Sunday? You know, I'm, I'm trying to remember. God, we played so much golf this week. We did play um, a ton of golf. I I think just the highlight of my trip is how I played par threes everywhere so far. Yeah, you really have played those well. Um, I would say the best putt of the week was following your buddy's ace. Um, Jake, yeah, that was a good Jake's, putt. Jake's uh, buddy during our our practice round match, you know, ended up dunking one from 125 for a hole in one, which is pretty awesome to see. And then yeah. uh, followed it up with a 25 foot birdie putt on a pretty tough green, which is, which is really nice. I'll tell you what I realized about your game, uh, just because I, I asked you that question about like what you thought your best shot was, because I wanted to see if you would remember it. But I'll tell you what I realized about your game um, this week, because we, we've played a lot over the years, but I think as our games have gotten better, we haven't actually played as much. So we only see each other about you know once, maybe twice a year. But I feel like you play really hard holes really well. So like one of the hardest holes at Medford is um, number six. It's probably the longest hole, like as the crow flies on the course. It's like, I think it's on the card. It's four fifteen, but I know it plays. If the tees are all the way on the back tee, it plays even longer. And um, I mean, it's it's not easy for anybody. You have to take a very specific angle. The green is is guarded really well on both sides. There's like a a big bunker. There's a, a hazard on the right if you hit it too far right, and then there's a hazard on the left almost immediately and you went like driver four iron i put on the story as a matter of fact driver four iron and then just like rolled in a long one downhill or no that was uphill but i was still like man like that hole spooks me and and you did fine like it was like no problem um so i i I think that four iron was probably your shot i would actually say that that four iron was probably the shot of the day that hole played into the wind so i hit a pretty good drive um and you know, I still had to play about 180 into the wind, so I hit a four iron. Um, yeah. And stayed low of the hole by, I think it was probably 15 feet. I mean, I also I also was pretty confident in reading your greens and the speed. Well, I was just so. gonna say that. Yeah, I think a big theme of what we'll talk about kind of coming up in the when we talk about the next couple courses is um, if you get used to playing one type of golf, it it can be a tough switch and. That's one thing for me. I mean, I play so much golf there and I know the green so well and the course is generally really flat. So whatever you see is what you get. Um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely, um, that's definitely going to change. So, uh, we played Saturday and Sunday at my home course, kind of got the, got the, the matches started, so to speak. And I had a hot round. So I took a, I took a, I wouldn't say a commanding lead, but a pretty good lead after our first day. Um, you know, because I, sh- I shot 76 there. So that, that really kind of put us uh, put me in a good spot. And then Monday, we took a little trip. So we went down to Maryland, drove about an hour to go to Bully Rock, which is um, a public facility that was formerly private um, down in, in Maryland. It's in Hava. Go ahead. I guess it's Hava de Grace. So that's yeah, pronounced. exactly. Hava yep. de Grace, Maryland. From the, so the we Phil- got down there. Yeah. Go so from the South Jersey, Philadelphia area, you know, it's like an hour and a half. Um, distance-wise, that's a great course to travel to for anybody who's playing out of this area. Um, I definitely think it's worth going to, but let, let's talk about the course. Yeah, I mean, we got down there in, in no time, hit some balls, did our thing, um, and then kind of went into our, our second round um, of our little open. So I went in very confident, but yeah, let's talk about this course. What 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 do you what do you want to bring up first? Because there's a lot to talk about. I guess we have to bring up the difficulty all around, you know, the reputation behind how hard this course is. Um, Beautiful course. You walk in, a lot of scenic views. Um, You know, you're above the 18 fairway and 18 green. Three practice greens and a chipping area out the back. Um, Just awesome to look at. You can probably see four or five fairways from the back of the clubhouse. Right? Great view. Yeah, for sure. You know, you, you check in, nice pro shop, and then you, you go to the starter, and she says, well, if you didn't know about this course, I'm going to give you a little lesson, all right? It's the hardest course in Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hardest course in Maryland. You know, from the tips, it's rated 76.6. 
148 slope, which is significant in comparison to what I play or what you play traditionally. I Um, think it's significant compared to what both of us play, for sure. And then followed up by saying the course was reassessed two weeks ago, and it's actually rated over 77 now, um, which makes it by far the hardest course in Maryland, and it was due to shots around the green and reading greens and putting was their new assessment, like uh, the changes. (laughs) So... (laughs) To say the least, I got abused by those greens, man. I couldn't, I, dude, I couldn't see anything. Yeah, I, I will say this. I have played some. I played a lar- like a pretty wide variety of golf courses, and I played some really, really tough ones that like claim to be tough. To me, that was like the most a golf course like had ever said. Like, hey, you're welcome to the toughest course in Maryland. They, they were not fucking around like that place was brutal and it was it was brutal i think you you brought up with the greens i mean we were stumped by the greens that how bad i putted there affected my putting even till today like i went out and played a couple holes today and i was still kind of quaking over putts that was at my own course i couldn't read them i couldn't figure out the speed i couldn't figure out the slope and i think the other thing was and we figured you said it mid-round and you were 100 percent right um that place was still kind of tuned up from being raided. So, you know, the first couple holes, I didn't really realize it until we started getting into some of the meat of the golf course. And, you know, those greens were about as firm as any greens we had played, even with some rain. And they were, if you got above the hole, not that you knew where above the hole was a lot of the time. I mean, they were just really, really slick. And that's the first peak die course I ever played. And you always hear like when you're watching PGA tour stuff, you know, Oh, you know, Pete Dye, he's, he's diabolical. He wants to make tour players sweat. Well, I'll tell you what, they, they are not lying. He does some different things. Um, I, I mean, I'm not saying that this course would have made a tour player sweat, but I'm saying if this is one of his more like quote unquote mild designs, it's not for the tour. I, I'm telling you, there were some tee balls, there were some approach shots and there were definitely times around the green where I was quaking. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, what? anything else that you want to kind of really get into? I think there's some more stuff to say really about kind of how this course set up, but I'm interested to hear um, what what did you find so tough about reading the greens? Um, well, my, my part was like when I look at a green, um, the first thing I do truly is just try to get a, a large scale basis of the portion of the green where the pin is, right? Mm-hmm. And you had putts where you had a pin that was sitting, it looked, from no matter where you looked at it, it looked like it was sitting in a bowl, it looked like it was sitting on a shelf, Um, but then you realize you have to read these greens from, like, land around you that is so far from the pin yet affecting the putt, which, like, I really didn't catch on to until the par three on the back when I hit it. We both hit it pretty close. Um, both missed our birdie putts, go figure, and we turned to each other and said, if I put a ball, a hundred different balls on the screen, I couldn't get it close to the pin. Yeah. And no, I, I think you're, that's like a good call because that, those are two like well hit shots, definitely makeable birdies. And I looked at it from every angle before I hit that putt because I, I was at that point, we just, we come off of a, a tough, a tough hole where I made a big number and then there was like a par in there. So I was feeling like, Hey, you know, if I could get a birdie here, um, I could kind of turn this nine around a little bit. So I looked at it from every angle and I know you did too. And I swear to God, I don't know how many times I thought that that ball was going to go, uh, um, left to right. And it was going the other way. Like it was, I could not have read that, not if I tried. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, just for an amateur golfer, I think I said this to you, for an amateur golfer, uh, being so stumped is, like, really demoralizing. Yeah. And, like, for a pro, I think they have, you know, you have the knowledge to understand certain things. They got a green reading book, too, which helps, I'm sure. Correct. But for, for us, or I would say for probably 85% of the people who play that course, that you're going to lose at least six shots around because 
you cannot get a line. Yeah, I mean, I, I was even. I'm usually pretty good. Like, uh, if I'm if I'm a little bit stumped or like I'm not totally sure, I can check it with my feet. But there were a lot of times even where I felt cert- something in my feet that I like. I was like, "There's no way. Like, I'm. I, this is not real. I, there's no way that I'm feeling like this is a downhill putt from where I am. I'm staring at what is clearly up the hill." But you made a good point when you when you said previously. It, a lot of the slopes and a lot of the breaks in the green weren't dictated by what was happening on the green. It was dictated by what was happening around the green. And even some of that stuff was like really well hidden. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I think about um, uh, the par, it was the par three, the last par three that we, we played. So it would have been like the seventh hole because we, we started on 10. Um, I even think about that hole where it was just like, it seemed like a simple tabletop, right? Like I hit a five iron up there. It kind of ran through the green. Well, the reason it ran through the green, I would have never been able to guess this because I was again, hitting it uphill was just because of how much that green was tilted from front to back, despite the fact that I was hitting it uphill. You know, I, I I would, I couldn't see that. I couldn't feel that. Um, it was just really well masked And, and you're right. It is, it is demoralizing when you hit like a, you think you hit a good shot or a good putt or, I mean, especially the chipping, uh, I mean, uh, and pitching, if you weren't picking a very distinct spot and taking a risk to land it there, you were just getting kind of just like bounced right off those greens. It was, it was really, really tough. Um, but not that it wasn't fun or, uh, or a really good course, because I think it was both of those things, but it was one of those things where you take a step back and you go, wow, like, you know, even when I shoot a good round, it's, it's not, it wouldn't translate to something like this. Like I couldn't shoot one of my one of my normal scores at a place like this even if i had played it a couple times you know what i mean yeah i think i think it takes something special to go i would say to go low there um yeah it's not a short course by any means either uh you know 74 from the tips we played from Mm -hmm. just under 69 on the round which is still pretty long i mean your home course plays at just under uh, like 64 i guess somewhere somewhere in there yeah so, I mean, you're still you still have to play tougher tough tee balls. There was definitely tons of tough tee balls out there too. The greens were tough. Finding the fairway was still not easy. No, I don't I don't think that there was any um, any part of the course design that there wasn't any one thing you had to do great to to thrive out there. It was kind of like you had to keep your game in check. That's the way I felt about it after the round. Um, you know, as soon as you pressed to like do something great was when a big mistake came up, you know, you could, you could hit a really, really good drive and then like go pin hunting or try to reach a par five and two. And there was just so much trouble. And, um, you know, you had to be so specific with where you're landing it all day long. Um, that's, you know, now that I even think about it, that's even in the fairway. I mean, there were a couple times where we had no idea that we could run it through the fairway or bounce it off, you know, like the fairway was slanted so much. We had no idea that we could bounce it essentially off of it into the rough. Um, but it would, it, it would happen. And then we'd be like, well, how the hell did that happen? You kind of like get to the green, you look back at the hole and you realize like, oh shit, like this fairway is tilted so much in this direction, but I couldn't see that from the T or, um, it's, you know, it's, it's so firm on, on this particular part of the fairway, but I would have never known that. So, yeah, I think it's like, um, it's clearly a kind of a local course knowledge thing or, or playing it a couple times would help you, but I don't think that it would guarantee you a better score because there was a lot, of, there was just a lot of trouble out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think back to the, um, so it was the second hole. It would have been the, our, our 11th hole. They start you off, um, the first hole, which was our 10th, was like a very gentle par four, you know, where we both had a chance to make um, it, at least a par coming out of a, we were both in a fairway bunker, but it's a very makeable um, uh, uh, par on that particular hole. Then the next hole is like an absolute monster par five with a super tight driving area where it's you're almost better off just kind of like poking a hybrid out there and then laying up again and then trying to get to this like elevated pimple green. So 
it was kind of this ebb and flow where there were a couple holes that were quote unquote easy where like you could generally make a par and, and kind of have a shot at making a birdie, but they were followed up by these holes that were just there to absolutely kill you. Um, and that was part of the ebb and flow of the course too, I feel like. So yeah, I don't know. What was your, what was your favorite hole out there? What was like your highlight hole? Well, for me, it had to be number nine. Um, only birdie of the day came on nine. So of course, I have to say that was my favorite hole. Um, you know, playing 17 holes and then finally getting a good read and, and making a putt. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, then again, it, it was a really good closing hole for us. You know, shorter par four, you could you could challenge it, you could drive it over the water into the a bunker about 60 yards short of the green, which you did. Right. Yeah, that's the way I came out making a really good par. And, you know, I took it up the left and then hit a, a wedge still. So the hole's not that long. I think it played like 360. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hitting a wedge in and hitting it close and making the putt finally. But I will. I want to go back to number two, that par five. It's I I took a picture of it, and visually it's, it's the one tee ball that, you know, really stuck in my head. And if you think about it, how this this drive looks it's it's a subtle dog leg right the fairway looks huge because you're elevated you know the the cart path runs and there's some low cut grass to the left of the path that area that they they trimmed down visually made made you think that you could hit whatever you wanted out there it made that area look so large yeah, because I of, know because of construction and choices off the fairway. Right, and they, you know, it, you make a good point because that that hole had like a like a it wasn't like a death hazard, but it was like a, a you know red stakes like a dry like basin on the right. So you're you get up on this tee and you're like staring at that going like oh, I can't hit it right because if I hit it right like I'm I'm basically chipping out. Um, but the big the bigger problem really was what you brought up you know, left, it looks like you could go on forever, but you really can't because it's, it's straight downhill. It's a short porch to get to like this, this other hazard that you can barely see. And I mean, you, you like not to, this is not me making fun of your, your length off the tee, but like you reached it, no problem. Um, <laughs> I would have flown it in there. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, again, I don't want to keep harping on this idea of like, if I had, if I had another chance to go play, I would play better. I'm sure I would shoot a little bit better. I don't think I would shoot a lot better. Um, I mean, you could, you could easily be three shots better just off of, uh, shot selection, not even hitting better shots, just choosing to hit a different club or a different shot. I totally agree. I mean, I, you, you know, that my frustration with that round was, I hit a ton of greens and reg, especially on our first like 11 holes or 10 holes. And I just couldn't get the ball in the hole. And that goes back to kind of our previous conversation about the, um, the greens. I, I think the other hole that, you know, sticks out for me, um, I wouldn't call it my favorite hole, but it was a highlight because it just was so extreme. Like you don't see extreme holes enough. I feel like, and this one I thought was really extreme was that, um, so let me count backwards. I guess it was the sixth hole. It would have been our, like, whatever that is, you know, 14th or whatever. Um, it was the it was the one where uh, it's a short downhill four, or at least it seems short and downhill, almost completely blind. You have no idea what the landing area totally looks like. Um, and it is extremely narrow. And then the green is sort of this like boomerangy type shaped green running up a hill and away from you. Uh, do you, you kind of remember which one I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. And I just thought like that hole was a good illustration of um, what that, what that course was like that one hole told you what that course was, right? It was, it dictated a shot. Hey, you got to figure out some way to get this ball into this landing zone. And then from there, you're going to have to figure out a way to get this ball across this trouble to this green that is this particular one was sloped like hard left to right. But the shot that you were hitting, you were hitting it off of a slope that was like hard right to left. So, you know, you were having to kind of like feed this ball or hope you could get a flat lie. And 
I mean, I ended up like chopping it out of the woods. I was so nervous over that tee ball. I remember this because I just had no idea where I was hitting it to. Like I could see the landing area, but I couldn't really tell how much of it I had before it would run out. I couldn't really tell what was going on down the right. I didn't know how short the porch was on the left, even though after we kind of got down to the fairway, I realized like there's a ton of room down here, but it was all masked, right? Mm-hmm. Optically, optically, that hole was like incredibly intimidating. Looking back, like you could pound driver, you could hit four iron, you could hit, you could hit whatever you want. This kind of goes back to that same idea. But because of how it looked and because of how it, it was kind of forcing your eye, um, yeah, that hole just ended up being like a lot harder than it had to be, which, I mean, that might be the, the, the theory of the course. Like this is a lot harder than it has to be, you know? You know, I, I, dude, I agree. <laughs> I hate to say it. Like I, I appreciated its difficulty. It made me think about my game. Yeah, for sure. In a way that I haven't in, in many years. Um, you know, big, obviously Pete died known course designer with some, difficult courses and it's a, there's a lot of deception built into the design right oh that's a great word dude i love that you threw that out there that is there you go anybody going to maryland to play bully rock understand that it's there to deceive you because it it is it's not what you see in front of you in a lot of cases it's kind of what you don't see that is uh the knowledge that you need so yeah, yeah so Anything else on Bully Rock? I'm, I'm kind of. I, I thought it was, it was a good round. It was fun. It was really. I mean, I was beat up by the end of it. It was just brutal. Um, I think I only got you by a couple shots there. So it was yep. like four shots. Yeah, four shots. So the the lead didn't get like too far extended. Um, and then we had like a, a very special um, afternoon treat. So on Monday, um, Vince and I, you know, we're, we're we get done at Bully Rock and and we had had uh, kind of a a hookup get us out on Marion West, which is I mean, for any of you who kind of know Marion from literally like the U S open and things like that. Marion East is, uh, just, you know, such a, I don't know, like a, a shining sort of light in golf. It's always been there. Um, some huge Ben Hogan, you know, Lee Trevino, Justin Rose, most recently won at Marion East. Um, and they just had a massive renovation done by Gil Hance so the course just reopened. Marion East just reopened. And for the last year or so, members have been using Marion West. Um, so we got to go out there and I mean, it's pretty much dead. We did play late in the day, but there weren't you know many groups out there. And um, we were just kind of out there with some buddies, you know, walking the course, hoofing it around our second 30 or sec, uh, second 18 of the day. Um, yeah. What's your uh, what's your first sort of thing to you know your first sort of takeaway from from Marion West then man I loved it <laughs> I absolutely loved it let me ask you this before you go any further because for our listeners um this is not the kind of golf that Vince and I grew up uh around up here even though we both grew up here in this area um you know we didn't really play golf as kids we played golf sort of late in our teens into our 20s and even when we did that we've never really had access to this level of golf um, only now am I making connections kind of in that world. Um, and it, I don't think it was about the privacy, but what did you love about it? You, you just came out and said, I loved it. What did you love about it? Uh, What's like, if you had like five words to say, what would, what would they be? Uh, it's subtle. Okay. And I'll, I guess I can elaborate on those. It, it's subtle. It's not, it's not too challenging. Um, mm-hmm. it's def it's not a long course. Um, you do ha- you have to hit really good shots into the greens. Like you weren't penalized off the tees. You you could have shot selection from tee to green. Um, even if you're not a long hitter, you had that option. I loved it. Um, so I would say it's subtle in the right places. Could, Agreed. It, it didn't give you you know easy opportunities around any green. Um, green you know, the greens were small. Greens were damn greens small. were so small. So I loved yeah. it. I mean, for me, uh, you guys laugh at me when I say this. Like, you put me in a, a sliver tee shot down two tree line, you know, out the chute, and I don't feel that pressure. So hitting into smaller greens <laughs> for me, it's just, I, I, I was really happy. So it was subtle. Um, it was serene. Uh, it wasn't overdone in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I think 
I, I mean, first of all, that's like incredibly, incredibly well said. I, I think that um, I was very excited to bring you there because in the last like four or five years, I've gotten to play some really great old golf courses. And unfortunately in Houston, a lot of your, even some of the great ones like champions is sick, right? But it's not like this. It's not built in this time frame, And it's interesting to see how good a golf course that old can still be, right? I mean, you, you hit on the head. It's, it is extreme in certain ways, right? Like these massive flowing elevation changes, right? Where you're going up and downhill, you know, 50 feet here and there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, incredibly subtle in sort of like how it challenges you. I think you, you hit the nail on the head, you know, besides like a few holes here and there, you can pretty much just blast it all over the park. It really doesn't matter. But if you get yourself out of position off the tee, um, you are probably not going to hit that tiny green. And I'm not just talking about being in the rough. I'm talking about being on the wrong side of the hole or, um, you know, being, you know, in a, in a fairway bunker or whatever it might be, if you put yourself in a position where you're going to have, where you're asked to like, um, you know, kind of up your game and, and do something going into those, those tiny greens, you, you kind of have to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I'll say, I, I'll say this. I, I did not have a great round there. I played like absolute ass. I was probably a little tired. I don't even know, but it didn't make me enjoy it any less. And that I think is like a, big time sign of what makes a golf course great because every every time i turned around every time i went to another hole uh, i was just like holy shit like this place is ridiculously good like this hole is unbelievable or i can't believe that they squeezed this hole into this piece of the property or i can't believe that this green is tilted this way you know whatever it might be i I just thought it was kind of fascinating um that way and i also i'll give you some props i i think that watching uh, for the listeners, Vince had like an incredible round out there. I don't think he shot like an incredible number. He shot a really good number. Um, but you know, your short game was just magical there. I've never seen you hit the ball. I, I you know, we played with this guy, Nate, and he came, he came over to me at one point was just like, is this like a normal thing? And I was like, no, this is an out of body experience that he's having because Vince was getting up and down from what seemed like the worst places. I, I'll go to the ninth hole where Nate said, don't hit it left. You hit it left. And then he's like, you can't get it up and down from here. And then you did. And I was like, that is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I, yeah, I thought it was great. I, this was another course like your course where I felt that uh, when I was above the ball and could see the shot, I, I was confident enough to hit it. Like yeah. I, didn't, I didn't feel that way at Bully Rock at all. Right. right, it's a mental thing for sure. So, uh, but when I had, I, I'll t- I can tell you the exact moment I had an appreciation for the subtleties of Mar- the challenging subtleties of Marion West. Um, I guess this is number ten for us. Uh, mm-hmm. With the two shared tee boxes, one's the par five that goes to the right, which is like sixteen, and the other one mm-hmm. is ten, I think. Okay, and I got you. We went up the left hand side. It's a subtle dog leg right up the hill and the, the green's pretty flat but it's guarded by two uh, i'm gonna call them humps uh two grass mounds and i was between them or behind them with a pin between them opposite so i had to hit a flop shot over top uh hit a flop shot over top and the ball took landed in the rough bounced on and then turned 90 degrees and ran 15 feet off the front of the green yeah uh, a great shot that Nate was apparently in awe by that turned out so poor. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I still made bogey. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but the subtlety of the green, because that was such a flat area of the course. There was a fairway to our left. There was a tee box past the green. There was yeah. a flat, rough area to our right. That area of the fairway was flat, coming up and on your, your approach shot. But the front of the green was like you couldn't see it mm-hmm. so no i you, you nailed it that's like a really good depiction of that hole too because um like i got out of position on that hole on a better side than you did and i mean my shot was still 
really tough. I mean, it wasn't as tough as yours, but like you hit it, you hit that shot as perfect as you could have. And the result you got was, uh, you know, like you said, like about a 15 to 20 footer off the front of the green for par. And Nate, like Nate was like applauding the shot. Um, right. And, and you know what? It's kind of one of those things. Like you put yourself in jail. The course told you that was jail. You couldn't go there. Um, you went there and you did your best to get out, but you couldn't kind of thing, you know? And, and I think you, you, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head where again, it's, it's what you see. The course was telling you, Hey, this is it, man. Like you can miss here. You can't miss here. Um, I think about what was the, I'm, I can't remember the number. I'm going to blank on it right now. So we're also playing this like late in the day. So it's shadowy and it's like kind of golden hour. It's beautiful out there. Right. Um, but we played, I don't remember what hole it was. It's, it was a really short, uh, par four. Um, and I think kind of the theme was the, the guy that we were playing with, Nate, has had a ton of course experience there. And he would he would say, like, you can hit whatever you want here or you should hit this here or, or that or whatever. And he goes, yeah, you can you can hit whatever you want. So I was not playing well, but I was actually driving the ball like out of my mind. So, of course, I I grabbed driver and I just absolutely hammer one down the left side of this downhill par four. And the green is kind of sitting up a little bit, it's elevated a little bit with the pin in the front and sort of this, like, um, I don't want to call it like a, a grass bunker, but this, this l- like trough type, uh, grass area in front of it. So I had 22 yards into the screen. There was no way in hell <laughs> I was getting up and down from 22 yards with where that pin was on that green. Um, and I think that that kind of goes back to what you were saying about the subtleties of this place. You see the number on the card, like 284 or whatever it was. And you, you think to yourself, well, shit, I'll just, I'll just hit it as far down there as I can. And I'll have absolutely no problem because it's a short, the next shot is short. Um, but on a course like this, uh, short doesn't mean easy. You know, I would have much preferred looking back at that to, you know, hit a 200 yard shot and have like a, you know, a sand wedge kind of just flip a sand wedge up there, pitch a sand wedge up there onto this elevated green because I couldn't roll the ball up there from where I was. Um, I basically had to hit a flop shot from the fairway, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's, that's asking a lot. So yeah. I, I know exactly which, well, I, I believe I know which hole you're talking about. And that was right after um, the one where I hit from behind the mounds. Yeah, actually it, it might be right. after. So that you, one, hit, yeah. you hit your tee ball down the left and you bounced over the fescue and landed right next to the tee box of a different hole correct um no no not not that one that one i was coming out of the fairway oh that would have been in a relative example i I think that was the whole also where you know i hit driver nate hit driver you also did you're longer than all of us and you were the furthest out of position and we all had 50 yard shots i think if we went back to a hybrid and stayed on top of the on top the of the slope. fairway, yeah, the view into that green would have been knee quaking. Yeah, the, well, that green was blocked on three sides by a creek, and it was okay, you, it was probably only eighteen by twenty. You, you're thinking of a different hole. You're thinking of a different hole. Um, I know what you're saying now, but like, there, there's a couple different times in that round, like you're, you where you bring up the green size. I mean. There was the um, the hole that we played after the the downhill par three that you almost jarred for an ace. That that next hole, I took a picture of it. I posted it on the gram. Um, you know, we were hitting like a 180 yard shot off the tee, but there was so much trouble around. Like I was, I had a six iron in my hand. I was super worried. And then, like that green from the tee looked huge. And then as we got down there, like <laughs> there was nowhere to aim. There was nowhere to land the ball. Like the green was so skinny back to front, um, especially with where the pin was pinned that day. You know, I think that was kind of the the, the moral of, of the whole course, right? Was if you if you wanted, you could just kind of hit it around that place and everything would be fine, right? Because there's it's so wide. But you can't put yourself in spots where you are like challenging tough pins. And that was the other thing that I liked compared not to compare Marion to Bully Rock, because Comparing like 
Hugh Wilson and William Flynn turn of the century golf course or, you know, golden age versus Pete Dye doing something in modern day is, is kind of tough. But um, looking at the two in comparison, the thing that I liked about how Marion was, was set up that day was there was plenty of pins that were just like, here, this is gettable. Like I'm, we're going to put it on a flat area and like give you, we might give you a birdie here. Basically like this is your best chance that that first par five that we played, I was out of position and still made birdie there because the pin was in a flat enough spot that I could be aggressive with my putt. Right. But then there were plenty of other times where I was, um, uh, I guess it was like the fifth hole. I was in prime spot, had a good club in my hand, hit the green, you know, left myself, uh, probably about a 15 footer, but I left myself a 15 footer sliding straight downhill left to right. And it was like an extra, or sorry, right to left. And it was like an extreme right to left. And what did I do? I just jammed the putt like, you know, forever by because I couldn't get the pace and made a bogey. And I, I think that that was kind of what it did. It was like an ebb and flow to it, right? Like we're going to give you this one. Um, you got to take your medicine on this one, you know, like what was the, the one where you, um, you hit like a, like a nipple high laser beam that bounced off the car path and ran into the fairway. You remember that one? Oh, I do. Um, that was right after we got through the the three holes that played back along the creek. Yeah, so I guess that was like six. I guess that was eight. It was the eighth hole. Correct. So it was like you know the, the eighth hole was drivable four up the hill. Straight up. Now, <laughs> right when when that course was built, though, obviously with the equipment that was being used, that was not drivable, and I'm I'm sure that hole was a lot tougher. But you know, I drove it up the right equal with the green, and ended up making a par. Um, Nate drove it in the greenside bunker didn't hit a great bunker shot and where he ended up after his bunker shot was like just absolute jail. Right. I mean, he was coming down two Hills, the, the hill built into the green and then the actual hill that we were going sort of up previously with the drive. And so like, you know, that was, that was the whole thing. It was, that course was all about like, we're going to tell you what position a is. You you just have to get there. And if you get there, you'll be fine. And if you decide to kind of be a smart ass about it and try to cheat it around a corner or, kind of, you know, um, you know, bang it down on this side or whatever, then we're going to put you in spots where you can get just absolutely ejected. And I felt like that happened more often than not. If you, if you got too aggressive, you know what I mean? No, I know. I just, I mean, I, I still love the course. It was just, it was one of those rounds you were out there, you were playing, I think regardless of what happened, like you were happy, you were just happy. It was just a a staple in golf and you just had to love it. There wasn't anything yeah, it, out there that could have made you dislike it. Right. Uh, that's it just, it just felt, how I felt about the entire round. It felt so incredibly like pure, right? Put our put our cell phones away. You're we were out there carrying our bags. It was like, you know, we're chasing the daylight. It was it was just absolutely that that is golf. You know what I mean? That felt as authentic and pure as as it possibly could. No doubt. Um Anything, anything else on Marion? I have one more thing. If if you're, yeah, you got anything I'll else? Go ahead, and then we'll introduce the the third out of norm yeah. round. And then uh, obviously, for you having the art, an architectural mindset, um, I I want to know one thing you would change from each course when we're done at the end of this. So. Oh boy! Oh, you're you're asking that. I feel like that's sacrilege. But all right, I'll I'll, I'll say a little something. I thought that um, the bunker shot that you hit on eighteen at Marion West was no joke. One of the most incredible uh, shots I've ever seen you hit. And I think that you, you get, you get too much hate on the pod for like the shitty shots you hit. You need to get a little, uh, a little hype for the good shot. Because for those of you listening, Vince hit this bunker shot on 18 um, at Marion West. The green is sloped hard uh, back to front. And I'm talking extremely hard back to front. Vince is in this bunker. He is not in the flat of the bunker. He's on a little bit of a downhill. It is late in the day. We've just played all these holes. And I didn't, I, I mean, my, I had nothing left in my legs. Like, I don't know. It was know like 8.15 at night, 8.30. Uh, I was freaking <laughs> dying, dude. I had nothing left in the tank. Vince hits this bunker shot. There's like two members watching him sitting there having a drink underneath like a, a little porch and, uh, or patio rather. And Vince hits this like <laughs> perfect bunker shot to the center of the green above the flag. This thing starts just trickling, just feeding down this hill. And I'm watching it going, Mike, he's going to, he's going to freaking bury this thing from the bunker. And it, it just missed. I mean, 
it like was in the hole the whole way and like wiggled by as it lost speed. Uh, and it was, uh, I swear, I think that was like the shot of the entire trip. That was like an absolutely incredible shot to be able to, to see that line and to hit that shot. So you deserve, you deserve props for that one. Thank you. Thank you. I, I wish I could have seen it, but that bunker was above my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely so, was. I just heard you go, oh man, oh man. Uh, and so I saw, you know, I'm running off the bunk- back of the bunker, which is basically the parking lot. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, now that was, that was really, that was really special. And I, I think I only had two bunker shots all day um, out there. So, yeah, you were, like I said, you were striping it, striping it that round. All right. The, um, the last round that we, we played um, before recording this, we might have one more round. We don't know. Um, the last round that we played before recording this was um, out at Lulu Country Club which is in Glenside, PA. So just outside about 20, 25 minutes outside Philadelphia. Um, and that's, that's a Donald Ross uh, design. It is formerly private. They've had some ups and downs with membership. They're building a new clubhouse. They're hoping to get um, sort of back to, I think, private golf in the future. I mean, that hasn't been announced, but I kind of would assume that that's their goal. But right now it does have public access, which is great. So if you're in the area and you're listening to this, you should get out there and check it out because it's, it's pretty rad. Um, yeah. So Lulu, another course that was like a style that you hadn't seen before, right? Uh, you hadn't played a lot of Donald Ross in your life. I don't think I played any. I think you might've played one or two, but probably none that are quite on this sort of level. Cause this has some very, um, very unique holes and is sort of set in kind of a very unique, sort of structure because it's it's like right across the street from another golf course they're built into the side of this this huge hill um out there in the glenside dresher area um yeah what, what were some of your, your kind of quick quick notes from that before we get into it uh you know i liked it it was tough to like another course as much as marion but i really enjoyed yeah. it you know it was a little bit longer it had some of the same challenging aspects that uh marion did um I did not like the rough. It was extremely penalizing to me, especially coming off of playing Bermuda roughs, uh, you know, down in Texas. Um, you know, these were the longest ones that, out of all the courses yeah. we played. They had the rough grown up pretty good. Yeah. So uh, I was definitely not consistent out of the rough. That's my own fault for being there in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really liked the par threes on the course. Um, I, you know, once again, played them all pretty well. I think I played them at one over and made yeah. three pars. Um, some challenging tee shots and really cool views into greens. Obviously, it's like one of my favorite things about a majority of the courses is uh, layout and the aesthetics of just, it's just one of those things that makes me happy about playing golf. So, Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, and this is, this is not to, like I'm not trying to knock any, any one particular golf course. Sometimes when you go to a golf course that, you know, especially some of these golden age ones, which I I know I talk a lot about how much I like them. I think that's one of the things that is lost in some modern golf. You know, I I don't think that uh, a lot of golf courses look really good when they have a ton of like man-made lakes or um, retention mounding to make sure that you don't hit it into like parking lots or roads or backyards or whatever. And I know that those things are there for a reason, but it also does take away from how a course looks. And I think one of the cool things about Lulu and, and Marion, because I never played Marion West and I had played Lulu a couple times and you're right. They do share some um, ideas, despite the fact that they're designed by different people. Uh, I think that one of the, the things that you nailed is, you know, there's, there's beautiful lines of sight out there, right? Sometimes you have a, a, a tee shot that's blind, right? Like the, I guess it's the 12th or no 13th hole there. Um, the one that goes along the backside of the construction for the clubhouse, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're driving it into it's uphill blind into nothing. You have no idea where the ball's landing. Right. But when you get to your ball, you're looking downhill to this like very dramatically sort of sloping green. That's almost right next to the next tee box. So you got guys kind of watching your shots come in. You got, you know, this, like I said, this kind of like extreme green. And I think across the entire golf course, there are a lot of moments of that. Um, the second hole, which is that like that par four with the road on the right, um, which is dramatically sloped right to left. 
and then the green sloping the other way as you kind of go across this big ravine. I posted a picture of that on Instagram as those storms were getting ready to roll in that day. I think that you, you kind of nail that, right? Like aesthetically, it is just gorgeous to look at, whether it's the approach, the, you know, your, your tee shot, um, whether it's you're behind a green looking back at the hole and kind of realizing like, wow, I could have played this this way. Uh, I think that that's one of the things that it has going for it, you know, for okay. sure. No, um, that that long four you were talking about, 13 off the, after the par three, um, mm-hmm. that's the first time I've ever played a hole like that, like in my memory, where you have a, you know, a 400 plus par four, and you hit your drive through the gap, and you can only see about 70 yards of this hole. I should yeah. not. So, it, it's just like you're hitting this into the horizon. Love, I loved For, it. And I hit a good second shot into that hole, too. Well, yeah, and I, I think, like, one of, the, one of the things that I think di- maybe different than any of the other courses that we played, right, is um, because a lot of the shots at Lulu were... How should I put this? Um... You could be rewarded for like a mediocre shot at Lulu if you played it on the on the right side or angle, right? I I think more than some of the other courses that we played, um, you know, like that shot that you hit on 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 thirteen, it happened to be that you were coming in from like the perfect side for where the pin was. If you had been on the other side of the uh, of the fairway there and hit that same shot, you would have just you would have literally run right off the off the uh, off the green. You know, you would have been in the rough or even into the bunker because of how that, that green was canted. But like you were coming in from the perfect side where you could kind of land it where you landed it, let it feed on and feed up to the hole. Um, and whether you struck, I don't remember how good you hit that shot. I just remember that once it landed, I thought it was just going to keep tracking to the hole. You know, it, it was one of those things where if you knew where to land it, you could kind of get away with some things. Um for sure. I mean, you even hit a, a, the the par three. I, I'm going to mess up numbers. Fifteen. Um, you hit like an incredibly crappy tee shot, but you put yourself in a spot where, like, if you were aggressive with your pitch onto the green, you still had a shot at making par. Um, like you missed again. It goes to this like missing it in the right spot theory. You put it in the right spot, and because of that, you at least had a chance to get up and down. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, Lulu, after playing Bully Rock and Marion, um, I wasn't as fearful on the greens. I think, you know, it, it took 36 holes to not feel like shit putting on some difficult greens, but um, I think proximity, you know, putting, I think you, you even putt better that day. Uh, I did, yeah. So, yeah, I thought those what, what were about the... that design fits your eye? You know, oh, I, I just I think it's it's so unique. It's got a lot of it, it's just got a lot of character and like quirkiness. You know, you got um, you've got a lot of holes that I just haven't. I feel like I just haven't seen something like that other places. Right. You have that uh, the, they call it the volcano hole, which is a, um, a par three on the front. I guess it's the one, two, three. It's the fourth hole on the front. Um, and it's this, you know, this this green that looks really small when you're on the tee box because you're tee you're teeing uphill across a, a cavern essentially to this green that looks like it basically doesn't exist because you can't see where the ball is going to land um and that is so incredibly like unique that hole i've never seen another one like it and then it gets backed up with the hardest hole in the golf course which is just an absolutely massive like ass kicking of a par four um they have what I think is my favorite like punch bowl green that I've ever been witness to at the, the eighth hole there. Oh, that's a great Where, hole. How cool is that hole? It's you it's know? awesome. I, I, I encourage everyone to go and look at that, whether it's on Lulu's website, yeah. just like um, Google it even. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. It's such a yeah. sick hole. Right. And, and think about that hole too. Like, uh, it does, it looks so easy when you think about it, right? Driving it downhill. Then you're hitting a sh- a, an approach shot again downhill to a green that's set even further downhill because it's literally kind of like dug out of the earth. Um, but it's once you get down there, you realize how well defended it it all is. If you don't hit the number exactly right, you're just gonna and th- those greens were the firmest we had played. 
because mm-hmm. this it had been hot it hadn't rained for a few days so they were like just baking in the sun um if you didn't hit it like kind of right on the number i mean i tried to roll mine up i tried to land it short and let the punch bowl effect uh, the punch bowl take effect and you know i i got sort of rebounded i like bounced off of it and across and kind of into this like area where it was a tougher two putt um and i thought that, that was really cool yeah. You know, there, there's a short par four on the back where you and Jared, who we played with that day, both hit driver and, uh, you hit it in the fairway bunker. He hit it way down by the green. I hit hybrid. We all made par, right? We all got it done a different way, even though that, that hole, I mean, I tried to land it in the flat and then just kind of wedge it on from an elevated position. And Jared thought, well, the hole's only playing like 300. It's downhill. It's downwind. Why don't I just see if I can hit it all the way there? Um, yeah, I, I think that that was that that course just has so much character. Like people don't really realize how much character a golf course can have until they're at a place that has it. Yeah, I can, so. I can openly admit I haven't hit a variety of short shots um, over a certain amount of rounds than I had between between Marion and Lulu. Uh, oh, yeah, such a such a great variety of different shots and approaches, which is. I would definitely say a stronger part of my game um, outside of hitting the ball fairly straight, whether it's online or not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. You don't, you don't hit a lot of big curves, but um, yeah, again, I, that that's, I think that that's actually a good point to make too. Both Marion and um, Lulu, you could play well at doing what you do well, you know, whereas at Bully Rock, I felt like, you had to do everything sort of good to be able to play well there. I think like at Lulu, it played into whatever you could, you could play it with whatever strategy um, uh, played into your skill set. You know, like for me, right. For whatever reason right now, I feel like I'm just hitting driver really well. Like the fact that my driver broke this week and I'm back to another driver, but I'm just driving the ball really well. So yeah, uh, of course I, I was going to pull more drivers than I probably needed to there. I mean, I hit driver, on um our second to last hole of the day which the the routing at lulu right now is a little screwy because they're building things um i i had no reason to hit driver there like but i did it anyway and i still i, I parred that hole you know what i mean I, I i had it actually really close to birding that hole um i think that was what was cool like your short game shined my uh driving of the ball worked out really well there mm-hmm. uh, even jared who's like a really good all-around player um, you know, I would say his best part of his game tends to be his ball striking. He didn't even strike it that well. And yet you could see where he was still like when he got hot in, in a couple hole stretch, it was because of what he did well. Um, so yeah, I think that that was kind of a, an interesting piece of that. No, no doubt. And your boy two puts yeah. everything. Good God. Oh, he's, he's, yeah, he's a sick putter. He's a very good putter. It's just a very smooth stroke. Like, and obviously those are his greens. You know, he knew that he knew the pace pretty well. So he, he knew the pace and he knew the reads a little bit better. Yeah. But he, I mean, that's generally, I would say that's generally a, a big strength of his as well. Um, what was like, a, what was, what would you say like your favorite hole or like your, your highlight moment out there was? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think I played, I played decent at best out at Lulu. Um, uh, for me, the highlight of the round was was the playing the punch bowl hole. I didn't play it very well. I made bogey, but um, I that was another hole that you had to hit, you know, a good four shots, three shots, mm-hmm. um, that required you you to do something every time because the the fairway took you down right to where it's protected. Yep. You know, there's a bunch of bunkers on like halfway on the right. If you hit the ball like. 200 which obviously you hit it through there um i was in front of them but they grew the rough up around them they made that shot really difficult then the shot into the punch bowl i was short left you were pin high left um your spot was firm mine was grown in so i stayed deep and deep in hell um (laughs) front left of the screen and it was it's a it was the flattest screen on the course yeah, once so you got was, down it was there, it's flat, flat and firm. Yeah. But if you hit any angle of the bowl, 
you were going to get, you know, launched across the green, which is, you know, what happened to you. Uh, I just yeah. thought that was just a, a great hole. Um, it was my favorite part of my round. I didn't make any birdies. Uh, you know, I played the par threes really well. I just, it seems to be the the notion of this entire trip is yeah, you, you do you well. have played those well. So that's all I got, man. I, it's for me that that kind of that round was a little bit more about experiencing uh, like that uh, style know, of golf. Design that style of golf exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I had a great day at the par threes. I think I played par threes even. Uh, at Lulu, that was my. I think that was my entire shot of the of our trip so far. Was actually the um, the uphill par three on the front. It would be the sixth hole. It's like a two tiered green, and I just absolutely laced the six iron up the hill into the into the slope of the second tier and let it roll down and made like a nice little short birdie. That was um, that might have been my best swing, best shot of the of the trip. So, yeah, I mean, like, in the end, uh, I oh, – and I'm going to call myself out real quick. I totally pussied out on my last hole of the day. The last, the last hole that you play at Lulu right now is actually their 10th hole. You start in their 11th hole because, like I said, of this kind of current rerouting because of the construction. And it's a par 5. And, I'm, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of keeping track of where we are score-wise. And um, Jared needed to eagle the hole to tie me. I didn't really know where I was at. I, I didn't know that I was like going to shoot in the seventies cause I had a triple bogey in there actually. Um, you made, you made two birdies. Um, I made, right. I, I made a triple and then I came right back and was able to kind of make a couple birdies and get myself back in, into a good spot. And I, I had no idea that I was, had a chance to break 80. Um, so I hit a pretty decent drive on the 10th, which was our, our 18th. And, I, I lay it up, but right after I lay it up, I'm like, you know what? It's, it's two thirty to the green. Let me, let me just drop a shag ball and see if I can get there. And I just mash a three wood up onto the green and I didn't think anything of it. So then I go up to my ball that I laid up only to realize that it's like so, sort of sitting up way above my feet and I don't make great contact with it. I land it just short of the green and I can't get down in two. So I bogey the hole. I shoot 80 I still beat Jared by one, and, and I, I beat you, so I got to extend the lead a little bit in the in the open. Yeah, but, the, the open's is shellacking right now. We're not going to... Yeah, yeah, I, I, I kind of put a pound <laughs> into you this week. It, it doesn't... I opened with 76, so that really kind of did the yeah, trick. It, um, it helped. But then, it did help. But, you know, I, I kind of I feel like a bitch, you know, shooting 80 because I just couldn't get myself to go for it right off the rip. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was like... Honestly, it was like one of the more enjoyable golf trips, even though it was in my own backyard, because we got to go and see some stuff that I hadn't really seen. Um, and we got to go, I got to show you some things, which I also think is fun. Like I played Lulu a bunch um, in the past couple of years, but I had never really taken anybody there. So it was cool to, you know, be like, hey, check this place out. Check out how wild this place can be. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So I guess let's... uh. Let's let's exit with uh, talking about obviously the three M's being played right now. Um, we're gonna be we're recording this episode today, you know, on the sixth, and then there'll be another one midweek. So we can, we can kind of touch on the three M. Obviously, there's some young studs going deep. Uh, tomorrow's gonna be pretty exciting. Uh, what else do you have lined up? I know that there's some talk about getting some content from manufacturers. Is that correct? So yeah, so I, I, there's some stuff I I think in the in the next couple of weeks. Um, well, first of all, let's let me say this uh, for those of you that have been listening. Thank you for kind of sticking with us here. I know that scheduling wise, things have been a little crazy um, this week, and we haven't been getting out content as regularly just because life has kind of been getting in the way. But things should start to even out pretty soon. So I think some stuff coming up. Um, I'm hoping to be able to get out and kind of see a couple golf courses that I haven't seen and talk about those. But I also, um, next weekend, uh, a couple of my friends are going to be traveling to Ireland for a bachelor party and they're playing a whole bunch of golf in Ireland. So we'll have a sit down interview, um, with sort of a, the group. And my hope is that we can talk a little bit about how to do a trip like that. Right. Because I know for me, 
some European golf is on my bucket list. Like it, it's time to spread my wings. Like I'm ready to go. I want to see Scotland. I would like to see Ireland. I'd like to do those kind of things. Um, shit, if I could do Australia, I'd go do Australia. But the, you know, I, I'd like to, I think it's going to be interesting to get an interview with them and kind of hear some of the things um, that, that they want to do or that, that they did and how they did them and how they set the trip up. So that'll be coming up as well. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Hopefully we can get some valuable information to for our listeners and, and anyone who who plans to do a trip of that scale. That'd be that'd be ideal. Obviously, we're getting better at it. Uh, hopefully, we can learn a few things too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. What about you? You got anything uh, golf wise coming up? Well, we're playing six rounds over ten days here in in Jersey. So if if weather allows, it's not looking like it. Um, I may play next weekend when I'm back in Houston. And uh, the guys have been enjoying some rounds at the you know old to- shell tournament course, so hopefully, yeah, Doug, you'll they, have some say on that. Yeah, they'll have some some say, and then if we get out there again, I can kind of go out there and see what you know what's been done. It's been it's been toned back a little bit to be more playable for for uh, the you know the average everyday golfer. They brought the rough down a little bit, brought the fairway speed up. So cool. That's that's really all I got this week. I, you know, obviously. Thanks to everybody for, for tuning in and any closing remarks, Jake? No, that's about it guys. I hope you enjoyed the pod. I know this one run, ran a little long, um, but yeah, interact with us on uh, Instagram. If you can at the breakfast ball pod. And uh, if you play this weekend, don't forget to hit your breakfast ball. Thanks again, guys.